0: This is the Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. Now, here are your hosts, Cody, Kyle, and Ken. All right, we're back for a brand new edition of Off the Break Podcast. We have the ultimate showdown of Titans this past weekend. Beyonce versus Godzilla. <laughs> Godzilla. Godzilla. <Kodira. laughs> There's no Z in the Japanese version. <laughs> Godira! In the subtitles,
1: though, they still have the Z in They them, do though, for I've Americans? Learned, yeah. Oh, good. good.
0: Yeah, we get to hear your review on that. We get to talk about how Beyoncé did very well in certain areas and nowhere else. <laughs> <laughs> and then some updates on um, Fathom, who we're new to working with. Yes. And uh, the streaming wars are back.
2: Maybe. Maybe it's a a makeup time for... It's a
0: streaming battle. It's a streaming uh, reconstruction. Yeah. (laughs) Still, that's a good tease. We literally
1: have no idea where that topic's going to (laughs) go. Yeah.
0: What streaming does after the streaming wars. Right. right. How they make up for lost time. Right. (laughs) Well, let's get into this past weekend, Cody. Who won? Godzilla or Beyonce?
2: Well, Beyonce won overall, but I think Godzilla won our hearts. (laughs) I would second that. <laughs> yeah,
1: after seeing that movie,
2: <laughs> I, I, Beyonce
0: yeah. had the second biggest weekend of all time for a concert movie, mm-hmm. which is amazing because when we first heard of Taylor Swift and the excitement around it, we expected it to land in this twenty to thirty million. That's range. what
2: I thought Taylor was going to do. I thought that that was the the pinnacle of what these concert films could do. Um, you know, for a big name act like a taylor swift or beyonce the, so the
0: biggest name max i don't think we can come up with a third one i that didn't fits realize in this, this was
2: taylor's year i just wasn't there for it but
0: the time woman and feline of the year i saw yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay
0: <laughs> it's the first time someone's ever brought their cat on the cover of time magazine oh very exciting if you're th- a cat person, I, I just
2: like Dad Bob Jason on there. That's all I cared about.
1: <laughs>
0: just, who
2: really
1: is, should have been on this Time is magazine. Time right. not People
0: Magazine. Oh, this is an actual magazine. I'm <laughs>
2: sure Dad Bob Jason is on there too. Okay, <laughs> one can hope <laughs> for his charitable work. You Back know? to the grosses. Okay. Yes, Beyonce did 20 million. It uh, she. Did awesome. I was worried about her because I felt that she was getting an unfair weekend to lay out things. And and I think it did hurt her a little bit in some areas. But, you know, where her fans are, which are not as evenly spread across the U.S. as I would say Taylor's fans are, um, she did do well and great enough to get the top spot for the weekend, which is awesome. But
0: if you ask people in our industry, historically, mm-hmm. what's the worst weekend of the year it's the first weekend of December. Yeah. Like that sticks out in people's minds. As, oh, yeah. You have this huge boom for Thanksgiving, you're going to get one the second or third weekend of December with a major title like we have with Wonka on the third weekend. Right. But like this this weekend of the year kind of stands you just apart.
2: Just always see it drop off so big after Thanksgiving. Um, people start like switching gears to Christmas, Christmas shopping. You know, they don't have the weekend off like they do other weekends there's christmas parties it just it gears up for that holiday season
0: yeah no i we're gonna get kyle's review of godzilla here soon but i'm just excited that these alternative films have found room in the marketplace i mean when's the last time Mm -hmm. you saw a movie in a foreign language in subtitles that opened in the top five to over 10 I, million.
2: I was so worried about it. I was like, oh, Godzilla movie. Oh, but it's Japanese with English subtitles. I don't know if this is gonna work. And
0: Kyle over here like, Godzilla movie with English <laughs> yeah. subtitles.
2: It rules. Yeah. <laughs> so This is amazing. But then we saw, so we, we've known about this one for a while. I was a little hesitant because of the subtitling thing. And I'm like, I, I don't know, it looks a little campy. But then it was tracking. <laughs> And I was like, oh, that's just name recognition. Name recognition is what's bl- putting that on the blip. But no. And then we started getting requests. I heard from so many exhibitors that, hey, are we going to get this Godzilla movie? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yes, you are. Because it was MX Studios yep. that was so easy to work with. And they just took everything that you threw at them because they were just trying to get dates. And it was awesome. And then
0: this last week, um, Warner Brothers throughout the new trailer for Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah. 2. They hi- and,
2: they were like we see a wave we're going to ride yeah. this. So yeah. they're going to
0: ride it, but it's also going to create a bump for mm-hmm. this Japanese made Godzilla movie right. that's in theaters Is like it it's, g- it's Well, it's,
2: it'll create some confusion, but that's not going to hurt doesn't the hurt MX us. Studios one. No, it mm-hmm. doesn't hurt
0: them this mm-hmm. this time. So Kyle, what did you think about
1: Godzilla? Yeah, it was amazing. It was awesome. <laughs> oh, really? All right. Well, they do a great job with Godzilla overall, not just in terms of the special effects, which have looked great. But I think between the um, design of Godzilla, along with the way the movie is shot, it, you really feel the scope and the danger of Godzilla more than I would say the American movies have the last few entries Where he um, that we've seen. Tears apart a
0: town, and it's so grand that it kind of takes away from the destruction.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's not as cgi filled as like many of the others that we've seen there still is like a hint of feeling like you're in the real world even though you're staring at uh, a lizard the size of a skyscraper or whatever like so it it still had like a human weight to it because you felt that imminent danger of godzilla but excuse me at the core of it it does a really good job with like it being a personal story for the main character and i thought the supporting characters they are one note but at the very least they're acting by their um actors so well that you get a really good glimpse at who they are at like the core of those characters and you're able to roll with it very well and it is surprisingly anti-government but at the same time it has like a uplifting spirit of like the common man doing the right thing so um Overall, like the Godzilla aspects of it are great, like the destruction, the action, because again, just has that scope and it looks really good. But well, well, it, it has has, a, has to be like you would want the most it to important part. exactly. And they knew that um, clearly when it comes to the making of this movie.
0: But it's not just a one note film where right? it's like big destruction, but it also ties in. Right. Stuff, I kind of
2: felt when I saw the trailer and when I heard from people was that it felt like an old school Godzilla movie but mm-hmm. like made in the modern times but authentic it didn't like the um, Hollywood studio Godzilla movies feel like Amer- a very Americanized version of it and this felt more authentic and like back to the old school times yeah
1: I would agree with that too um, not that you know I am watching all of the Godzilla movies every year or know right. a whole lot about that franchise but at the le- very least i could see the passion of wanting to recreate what made that franchise special to begin with and i thought they just displayed it on screen very well and judging by people around me there was moments that are very rare to where we see godzilla just wiping out a whole city and you just feel with between the sound design and the visuals just the impact and how terrible um that the the that, that the destruction is that you have people like gasping and just going oh crap like <laughs> during the screening so
2: nice I uh, people, you could just
1: tell by that that the movie works really well I think people wanted the
2: experience yeah wanted that experience and
0: Godzilla has baked into it the anti nuclear stuff the anti government stuff like that's always been a part of it since the beginning mm-hmm. but you know. It's because you have a really cool monster. Like that's why people get excited. Yeah, first and all. And then foremost. if you can make it a good movie on top of that, kudos because mm-hmm. they've made plenty of hundred million dollar bad Godzilla movies. <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> I mean, it looks like we're gonna we could possibly see one this March. <laughs>
1: yeah, and not that's not to say that you can't have these more campier Godzilla movies that are about like the monsters and then having your generic characters. I mean, we've seen that plenty of times and it works to great effect. Matthew but... Broderick uh (laughs) a very good example but i don't know it's just nice that it's kind of back to basics even for a general audience member kind of like myself when it comes to godzilla that you can just feel the passion of wanting to go back to the basics with it so uh yeah i was loving this movie
0: nice very cool
2: nice
0: oh speaking of not cool
2: well, I wouldn't say not not cool. Um, we have we have uh, Fathom Events, which is an alternative content company. Another one
0: which you've heard of. They work yeah. with all the multiplex chains. They do the operas and they do the 75th anniversary of the Godfather. And yeah, all, these all the throwback they classics back. and
2: mm-hmm. stuff. Um, they're kind of a thorn in our side because when they do get an event scheduled, they block out all the booking, so you could never you can't book that title so it p- gets put on a moratorium which it, at odd times of the year which is kind of annoying for us at least trying to schedule stuff as film buyers yeah, and, yeah working with independent stuff. theaters it, it got to the point where we or uh, like where we've been really encouraging our exhibitors to join the fathom network um so that you know we didn't have this issue with with the bookings but and l-
0: since the pandemic we've yeah. Come around in a major way and are allowing independent theaters to get involved mm-hmm. with their programming. Right,
2: they they want more screens, more independent theaters, more locations. You know, because their events are growing and they do these great things. And their next upcoming event, which is uh, Christmas with the Chosen Holy Night, we got a lot of our exhibitors to get on board with them to book that to get it secured so that they can have that event right before the holidays. And and
0: we're expecting to see big numbers for Mm -hmm. that weekend with Wonka, I would very much expect it to be second in the box office that weekend.
2: Yeah. Because we
0: don't have another wide opening and it. I expect it to be a solid number two in that
2: spot. For sure. So the only issue is is that since we're new to them, um, they are really pushing a booking portal, which sounds really great, but... Um, it seems to be that everything is going to go through this portal, and it's just unfortunate that we are unable to like really reach out to reconfirm things or coordinate mass amount of bookings. And so we just wanted to talk a little bit about the portal. It's not exactly user-friendly. And um, just to give any other exhibitor that's thinking about joining Fathom a heads up that, that by doing so, you can't really rely on your booker, that you're really going to have to get used to this and and go through it independently.
0: It well, is a lot of clicking. Yeah. I haven't done this much clicking on a website ever.
2: It's not really intuitive. Like they have a calendar feature, but it's teeny tiny only at the top. If you're going to calendar it out, the whole platform should be the calendar interface. It shouldn't just be, you know, a teeny thing at the top. Okay.
0: Without getting into the nitty gritty of it. Just there's... bothered by that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But, I'm very visual, and it, the calendar is not big enough for me. <laughs> but that being
0: su- said, we yeah. have had success with film companies that use portals that we work with, right? And we have had film companies move to a portal and move immediately back to a standard booking process, yeah, because so, of the ease of you know actually working with people.
2: I just think that you know, I for independent exhibitors and smaller theater exhibitors, keep in mind that Fathom really is, I think, gearing towards bigger locations, multiplexes, like 10 screens and above, the the big guys, where they can dedicate a whole screen to this and book out a year's worth of events. Because they do. They want you to commit to these events months and months and months in advance. Um, otherwise, you get put on a wait list, and you may not be able to get to the Which is event when you get there. Which is super
0: easy to do when you have 20 screens. You can yeah. block it out. You um, can
2: have a dedicated event screen. But yeah. if you have less than 10 screens, it is extremely challenging to have a dedicated event screen. And so just keep that in mind. Those are just a couple of the things that, you know, we've come across. Um, Otherwise, I think you get access to really good content, really good alternative content. Um, You know, we just had them do The Blind a few months ago, and that really saved several theaters. That was very popular. Grosses were great astronomical we held it for four or five weeks on that it was they do have good stuff so
0: i had several single screen theaters that held up multiple
2: weeks right
0: which we weren't expecting to do
2: no but it just when they when they get something good which they are getting more and more every year i i think it's something to keep in mind as just a tool in your booking arsenal but um it's not your traditional booking process and that's a little hard to wrap your head around sometimes
1: so still the quality of these events are seemingly pretty good it's just the matter yeah. of more hoop jumping from this site so
2: much more and yep. it, and okay. i just don't think it's as intuitive to use and you're asking a lot of the exhibitors to log into something completely separate to check what would be one of their bookings when mm. they don't do that on a normal day-to-day basis so it, it is it is a little extra there
1: um, sorry, you may have said this already, but when you sign up for, like, the full year, that doesn't mean that you have to play those Fathom events, all of you them, you, the You do.
2: You are committing to booking those. Oh, you are committing so, to bo- Okay. So, so they you do
0: know. allow theaters to come in and book one at a time and pick special events when you want to do them. Um, but they are requiring, if you want to play, want to be guaranteed for Fathom in 2024, to submit all of your bookings before the end of 2023 yeah which they is want them by the end do. of december
2: and it's just they only have so many slots then they go back you know and say this is how many bookings we have and then they wait list you if you don't get in on that initial round and that's just really hard like I, we said if you don't have a dedicated event screen then you are committing to something without knowing what the future bookings are going to be that week. Because it's even though we challenge, yeah, even though we kind of have an idea of what the release schedule is going to be in 2024 right now, so many things change and move around, especially at the later part of the year. Things are added. You just the release schedule. You can't count on that completely, especially at the beginning of a year.
0: That's why we have a whole segment normally dedicated. <laughs>
2: Sponsored by Sony Pictures. I was just about to say, our next topic could be
1: <laughs> <laughs> the perfect jumping off point into it.
0: Well, these wouldn't be scheduled, these changes. These are new, old films being brought back by by Disney.
2: Yeah, not by Fathom.
0: <laughs> yeah, so we just received news, what, probably
1: at the start of this week, that uh, the streaming casualties of COVID from Disney and Pixar, Luca, Sol, and Turning Red are going to be heading back to the big screen or I guess for soul and never did go to the big screen. None of these did. Yeah. None
2: of these films ever played in theaters. That's right. Uh, they were all pandemic films that went straight to streaming. And, um, so Disney is now allowing them to come back and they're picking one a month. So in January, we're going to get soul in February. We're going to get turning red. And in March, we're going to get Luca and, um, there will be regular run bookings and I think this is good coming at a time where we'll need more family product because there are no animated titles on the release schedule up until Kung Fu Panda, which I, I think. I was
1: going to say
0: March. Yeah, yeah. I was around gonna when say, this is going to end my yeah. ability to make fun of Universal for <laughs> wide-releasing Fablemans after it was on streaming. These will be released, like, Soul was early in the pandemic, mm-hmm. if I remember right. Yeah. That it was supposed to be like a, April, late march, march or april I release mm-hmm. of 2020 mm-hmm. so it is literally going to be like four years like 48 months on that streaming almost five years old 48 <laughs> months on streaming before it goes to theaters which is it's an interesting tactic I know, I, and let's see how this plays <laughs> out <yeah. laughs> I,
2: I i don't I'm,
0: expect it to do much for no. business but at least it provides pg content for the theaters
2: It. It does, and you can at least promote that it's never played in theaters. See it for the first time yeah. on the big screen. <laughs> on the big screen for the first time in these spots, um, yeah. I think if I give kudos to Disney for allowing any of their repertory product to be booked, they do keep that under lock and key a lot of the times, and theaters don't have access to a lot of that stuff. So it's always got to support when they allow that kind of thing to happen
0: seeing seeing more of this with the re-releases it helps Mm -hmm. that you know we're getting into anniversaries of the 80s and 90s stuff that kind of made disney and fox more of what they were versus being just a a tentpole studio made them special what made fox special was making movies like uh, the Abyss, which showed in theaters mm-hmm. last night. Die Hard.
2: Die Hard, which is coming back this week for yeah. a two-week run. Yeah. Because, um, the... you know, Die Hard's a Christmas movie.
1: Well, some may say that. Yeah. Others may not.
2: Some may say it. And Disney is, I think, saying it <laughs> 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 with the scheduling. <laughs> they did, they brought back Hocus Pocus and Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Um. So that was really good. So, yeah, it's nice that they're experimenting with these bring backs and... You know, going to put some promotion behind them. And, you know, at a time where theaters do need some content, because we are going to go in 2024, is going to be a tough, challenging year. Having had the writers and actors strike go on as long as it did, we are going to have some repercussions of that as far as the amount of product we have next year and when that product is going to be available and finished.
1: It'll also just be interesting for disney moving into this year just because i believe mine is deadpool which is kind of sorta in the disney brand mm-hmm. um i guess marvel technically that they don't really have very much going on on the release on the release slate if i remember correctly so seeing these bringbacks just right. makes me wonder if they're still trying to you know remind everyone <laughs> I, I, <laughs> that they're
0: still in this business in a I sense think post post Avengers—they're going to have to figure out who they are again. Right. It's going to take time to reset and figure out what their brand is, and,
2: and especially I think in their animation. I, I that think too. You mm. know, you had Pixar with a studio head that gave them an identity, and and then you had Disney Animation with its own kind of look, and I, and I think they've melded them a little too close together, and so I'm not sure that. I think that's why they've had some issues as as far as the box office and with audiences, just not feeling what the last few films have been about.
1: They all are homogenized after yeah. a while. They just look one and the same. At least when Pixar was first starting out, Disney was still in the 2d animation game. So you knew Pixar was under Disney, but at least right. you could tell the difference between like kind of whose movie it was and what to expect from its story, I suppose.
2: Right. Like like if you look across all the animation studios, like Illumination has its certain look. Mm-hmm. I'd say even Sony Animation has its own look, right. like a Spider-Verse versus A Secret Life of Pets. They look so different just visually. And even Warner Brothers had a, a very distinct animation studio, yeah. But but Pixar and Disney, they all look, they look the same to me. And... They're beautiful. Don't get me wrong; like the animation is always beautiful and top notch, but um, there's like just a glossy quality to it. Yep,
0: it's gonna take some time to mm-hmm. figure out what what this looks like moving forward as everything changes. Right. And now we're seeing movies in theaters that have been on streaming for over three years. It's gonna. I be wonder if it'll work.
2: I mean, I really do. I feel like this is a big experiment, but I welcome trying.
0: I mean, people aren't gonna walk away from disney plus because they put a movie in theaters that right. was on streaming so it's a it's a very educated risk and it's worth for Uber them trying yeah
2: yeah now yeah the question just will be will, are our our audience is willing to pay for the theatrical experience for something that they've been getting for free on disney plus and that that is the big question for exhibitors and I is think it worth you, using your screens for right is it worth using your screens for is it worth using your show times and And if it is, how do you make it an event? Mm Because I feel like that's the way it makes it worthwhile.
1: Because from an audience perspective, we were just mentioning the likes of The Abyss or Hocus Pocus. But at the very least, there's been legacy and time within those. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, these movies are three to almost five years old. But that still is not that much time to begin with. But on top of that, these are also quote-unquote pandemic movies. So that time has also been... Such a weird fog in it of itself. Nobody for that's audiences. going
0: to these like grew up with these, right? You're not seeing people that like I saw the best when I was 13, and now I'm going to take my 13 year old. Yeah, like no, I was I was four when I saw this, and now I'm seven. <laughs> right, <laughs> right,
1: and it'll still feel the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although maybe seeing in a theater will have them remember the movie better than at home, possibly. Yeah, Who knows? not
0: that we expect any of these to do. Even $20 million would be a huge number for these to do. Mm-hmm. For I runs. think
2: I w- a couple million dollars would be huge. I, I do think that we shouldn't look at the success of this as on, a, on the gross per se, but I just think the general emissions amount um, mm-hmm. will tell us so much more about the audience's appetite for something that's been on streaming.
0: No, and I think for theater owners, mm-hmm. um, I think this goes a long way. at least give give us a shot at it finally we should have had a shot at it years ago but thank you for at least giving us a chance to play
2: these things again that's why i say especially from a studio that doesn't normally do this we got to always support when you bring stuff out giving theaters a chance i think i'm still in the
1: days when it comes to this news because i just remember all the many episodes of talking about pixar Shifting their release slate and oh. hearing about the sad news that these are going releasing, to streaming only instead of theater. the
2: and how the animators felt like worthless because their yeah. movies were supposed to be seen in required, theaters and
0: required turning red trailers on things mm-hmm. right and then and then pulling polling, the movie and then pulled the, the movie after I mean it was it was like an immediate pull after we were yeah. they required the trailer um that one
2: then, the the. I remember the soul one was not too bad because I was pandemic, the very first early part of the pandemic, yeah, like and the you're first like, year. okay. But turning red sucked because they made it look like people were gonna get it, and it w- and that we was really spring, needed it.
0: Spring 22. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that
2: was the turn. No, not 22. 21. Was it 21? It was 21? the turn of 21. It was like the spring of 21. It's been pushed and, back so many times. Yeah. And we were, yeah, because Luca was the next one. Maybe Luca oh, yeah. was. 21. anyways anyway, yeah but and then so people they got all of the holiday trailering and mm-hmm. then they pulled it after the holidays yeah
0: and we got nervous i mean because that they were gonna we got, do that and by that we got nervous with lightyear yeah like that became a thing where it was like it's a pixar title it might right. go away
2: mm-hmm. oh yeah because then they pulled luca mm-hmm. and we were like Oh, and yeah, when Lightyear came out, we were like, do not play a trailer until we get closer. Do not give them any (laughs) trailer time. All memories, everyone. Because we didn't trust that they weren't going to keep that Mm -hmm. movie on the release schedule. Because we
0: had no evidence of this.
2: Same with Strange World, too.
0: Yeah. We had no evidence that it was going to hold there where it was and be what it was.
2: Oh. I know. The mem-
0: it's but, glad but to the see, things we've how,
2: gotten through. Look how far we've come. I know. We're kind
1: of back. We are back. We are we're back. I mean, theaters. Are
0: back, but we're, Disney is
1: finally like you know they
0: maybe it, it could
2: yeah, be a good we're, idea. We're back
0: in such a way that it it looks so much different. Right. Like where we have concert movies opening number one multiple weeks
2: mm-hmm.
0: in a row. Yep. I mean where we have alternative content that's going to open in the top five. Right. Which from is a, not a thing
2: from an independent distributor. Yeah. I Mm -hmm. mean,
0: it's – you say these things and these things were talked about, I'm sure, in the 2000s, and the 2010s. Like, this is going to be the year that things, like, change. And when you went to conventions, like, it's like, I'm going to sign up for Fathom this year and make this a thing and it's going to be a big deal.
2: And then nothing – But we're here now. But we're here now. This is a thing.
0: And we haven't seen the success with the the live events yet with, like, the UFCs and the professional wrestling and things. But I won't be surprised if in the next five years that that becomes – Something like that becomes a thing that we have to set our calendars to. That's
2: been the thing with the alternative content. That's what's always stimied it, especially with things like the live events. You need to have something that people really want to see. Like it's all about the programming. And I mean UFC is just so regular all the time. And unless you have top fighters on the card, just people just aren't interested in it. But even
0: when we have done that, it's showed us some success. Right. But it's one show on one day of that year yeah. that the UFC works. Yep. And but if we can create something that's live, I mean, I mean, God bless Taylor Swift and what she's done for us this year. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> but if she decides to do a, a live concert event in 24 or something like that, that's on in theaters, mm-hmm. it'll be the biggest thing we do because it'll sell out every seat of that theater for that night. Right. It'll be the biggest thing we'll have to schedule. Our entire lives around it as far as mm-hmm. bookers it'll be the whole thing
2: we got to have that flexibility
0: yeah we have to be able to do that and so. it's been a, a whirlwind of a year with doing these things mm-hmm. coming into the office and sending out mass emails to people like taylor swift is for real guys right. you <laughs> need to get on this and trying to convince somebody that's in their 60s mm-hmm. and owns a theater or several theaters like This is the thing. We have to do this. And they're like, Taylor Swift, who is that? Right. My granddaughter listens to
2: her. (laughs) I think. I think. (laughs) All right. Well, are you about ready to wrap it up?
0: Let's wrap it up. We have uh, next week uh, or this weekend without any major wide releases. Mm -hmm. It's our last one. Yep. Until we get to Wonka, Wonka. Wonka next weekend. Yeah.
1: Still feeling good
2: about Wonka? I am Cody. feeling so good about Wonka. Yeah, yeah, we, okay. I'm very high on it. Nice. I I predict Wonka is going to do more business than any of the films coming out on the twenty second.
1: What? Uh, that's a very specific. <laughs> yeah. Bar. <laughs> right. Or well, stats. I don't know. I think it's going to be bigger.
2: Pre-shows, Total. Pre
0: shows Friday. Total. The weekend. The three day. Total. The five day. In I'm a little worried about 22nd, Aquaman when
2: I say this, but I I think that Wonka is going to be Aquaman. It's
0: all going to the water tower. So yeah. who cares? <laughs> it is
2: Warner's <laughs> holiday for them.
0: Yeah. No. True. They they followed the uh, Disney and uh, Sony model from Thanksgiving. It's like, yeah. watch this.
2: <laughs> right. Three movies. Hold my beer. I want all the screens. <laughs>
0: All right. On that note, we'll talk to everybody after we see uh, how the pre shows come coming for Wonka. and yep. See you guys next week.
1: All right. All right. Bye, Bye, everyone.
0: Thank you for listening to Off the Break Podcast. Find us on all podcast platforms or at ScreenInsider.co. And be sure to like and follow our Facebook and Instagram pages at Off the Break Podcast.